Marcus, Mark Wade, writer of Superman Birthright, and you're listening to Krypton Report. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's the Krypton Report! I am your host, Tyler, and welcome to Krypton Report, a podcast dedicated to all things Superman, Supergirl. We're going to look at the Supergirl TV series, as well as the Krypton TV series, anything that has to do with the characters in their world. Comics, movies, TV shows, we will talk about everything and anything. We are part of the Southgate Media Group Podcasting Network. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Krypton Report. You can also email us at kryptonreportpod at gmail.com. If you get a chance to go over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review to help us get better. You can find me personal at JTYPatrick on Twitter and everything else. Have you heard the good news? That's right. You can buy a Krypton Report t-shirt at tpublic.com. Check it out. They have all sizes, colors, styles of shirts. Just go to tpublic.com and search Krypton Report, and you'll see our logo. And every time you buy a shirt, it helps support other podcasts from southgatemedia.com. Thank you. Enjoy the show. And we're back. And this time, we are keeping it on schedule. That's right. For all of you who are like, man, today, when the, when the other episodes dropped, it was like getting a lot of content. Well, like I said... Things have been crazy, and we're getting back on track. And once again, I welcome my co-host, who is the most beautiful co-host. Aww. That's right. My wife, Jania. Welcome back, Jania. Thank you, thank you. Hi, guys. So we're here. We're going to discuss the sixth episode of season three, mm-hmm. entitled Midvale. Now, going into this episode, of course... I knew a little bit about what was going to go on, and uh, Janita goes, man, this is really long for a flashback. And I'm like, Janita, it's the entire episode. She's like, what? <laughs> I had no idea. She hadn't. So it was just really kind of fun, uh, just her like, what? Moment there. So Thanks, babe. this is the episode where we see... A moment that the Danvers sisters really connected. It's kind of interesting that it was uh, 10 years ago. And wasn't it Car landed 12 years ago? Yeah, it was like shortly after. So, trying to figure out how long she was there because, well, no, take that back. Wait, hold on. I can't do math this late. I'm going to say I'm tired. She landed when she was 12 and they said she was 15. So, that means she's been there for, what, three years? With the Danvers family. And Alex is a little older than her. Yes. Um, so there. There's our, our math. Um, so this picks up where the Danvers sisters are driving to their beautiful home, as Jania pointed out. Was where lovely. Eliza lives. On the, on the water and, I mean, just gorgeous house as soon as you walk up. That front door alone was just Breathtaking killer. Canada. Mm. If we have any Canadian listeners out there. We like the look of your country, and we'll come visit it as soon as we can have money. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so the one thing I always love in these movies and shows is when they go back home, and the parents like 
kept their rooms. And it's like still just like how they left it and their kids. Must be freaking nice. Yep. I don't have that. My parents, like when my brother and I moved out, slowly my mom migrated and took over the rooms to more of her junk. And then they moved to a new house. So we don't have any old kid rooms. Like, this was my room when I grew up, son. No. My parents, even if they just are like, hey, you're out. We need more space. It must be nice to have a big enough house where you don't have to take over your child's room when they leave. Oh, it's a true story. My parents, too. My mom turned my room into uh, sewing and... Um, well, it's kind of like a guest room, too, now, I guess. Yeah, your room was more of, like, the guest room with, like, your dad's instruments hanging up. Yeah. And then your sister's room is more of the uh, sewing and guest room. Yeah. So they're kind of like a lounge room. It's really kind of neat. But, yeah, it must be nice to have a old room to curl up and be like, this is my bed. Ooh, look at my comforter. Look at all those posters I had. All I know is when I left, I left. I took all my junk with me. Yeah, you had to. Otherwise, your mom would probably sell everything. Yeah, the yard That's sale. another story. <laughs> For all those listeners out there, I'm just going to say these few words. Childhood toys yard sale. Cry, and we'll talk later. So they jump right back into their ble- their beds, and then Alex is getting drunk, and his Kara is trying to talk to her. Alex makes a great point that Kara can be all pissed off and reluctant from the world uh, for six months when Monel leaves. But Alice can't have this moment, and then she, uh, then she name drops what should be the Alice and Cara spinoff sitcom. Cara knows best. <laughs> yep. We need a we need a special episode of Supergirl that comes on like that '90s sitcom style, kind of like the episode of Supernatural, where it comes on. The the switching channels, yes. changing channels episode, yeah. Exactly. We need we need that as Kara knows best. <laughs> and then we jump ten years. So that puts Alex around seventeen and Kara fifteen. And it was really kinda cool, like this like insight into their past. Yeah, it was really neat. Um at first I wasn't sure how I was gonna feel about it being the whole episode, but it, it really worked. It worked. It showed more of a backstory, which that's a huge thing with uh, with us. If you ever really listen to what Tyler and I talk about, um, especially Tyler, we're huge on backstories. We need a good backstory, you know, to really support the uh, the overall story, you know. And the acting um, of the younger versions were great. And the casting of the young Alex was really good. Yeah, I was so impressed with that. That was killer. She looked, like, spot on. I mean, the Cara one was pretty great, too. Not gonna lie. Um, but... Alex just worked. Like Alex was... she. I mean, her acting and all that, she was just spot on. I did, I did think it was a little funny. Uh, they're, like, in what... High school, and they're talking about the Continental Army, and she's like, "Who is George Washington?" Like, don't you know that by elementary? Like, without even thinking about it. I mean, yeah, but once again. But I'm just saying the way they presented in high school. I know they called on Kara for it, 
but just the fact that they're in high school and the teacher's talking to them as if this is something new, like, who's George Washington? <laughs> it was, who was the commander of the Continental Army? George Washington. Yeah. I knew that before I was out of third grade. Well, I was terrible at history, so... And then Alex, the overachiever, and it gives the, not only the leader, but, like, everything about him. And so we get our first really cool, I don't want to say flash, but not a flash, reference when we find out it's at this time that Superman takes down Lex Luthor. And one of the high school kids makes a reference that he wore his underwear on the outside. So at one point he must have had that type of a suit. Yeah. Compared to the suit we see later. Well, I mean, I feel like every superhero goes through, like, stages of their suits and stuff. So that's very possible. I will say this again, just to reiterate. I think Tyler Hecklin did an amazing job. And yes, they have the lame dialogue about Kryptonians age slower. I still think he's a little young for the Superman they're trying to, uh, to do on the show. But it doesn't matter anymore. Kara has a little BF boyfriend crush. A little friend. It is cute. It is cute. He likes the stars also. And space and telescopes. Which is cute. And he tried to kiss her. Poor bastard. I mean, poor guy. I can edit anything, Janita. So, the poor guy, and we get a a nice little sisterly bout between Kara and Alex, and Alex goes, I'm not sure how her life was perfect, and all of this before Kara. Does Alex, like, realize that Kara lost her entire civilization, her entire family, everyone and everything she knows was destroyed? But when you're a teenager, you're selfish and you're a tool. Let's face it. We were all a little bit tooly when we were teenagers. I can say I was a little bit tooly, but I wasn't selfish. Like, I thought about other people's and put myself in their shoes. Yeah, but, I mean, if something really terrible was happening to you, that probably mattered more than anything else. I'm intelligent enough to think on their side in their shoes. I know. I'm weird. I think rationally. And try to be calm. Okay, so I made this call, and I feel like a douchebag that I said it, but as soon as the sweet little scene with her friend went through, it said, I said, he's going to have to die, isn't he? Yeah. And, and I said it only because there was that shot of the Danvers sisters, and it pans out, and it shows the telescope on their porch. And as soon as he said it was his pride and joy, I'm like, yep, he did. He did. <laughs> and can we please, why did they have to name him K- Kenny? Just so we could get that reference that after he died, the stupid jock comes out and says, oh, no, someone killed Kenny. Like, South Park reference? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what it was? I don't know South Park. I mean, I don't know it, but everyone knows they killed Kenny. Like... He died in every episode of the show. And Kara, of course, goes after the jock. And why could she just broke his arm? How dope would that have been? She's just like, watch 
just, like, flicked it and broke the quarterback's arm. But that's the beauty of Kara. But out of anger for her friend, like, who just was murdered. But that's the beauty of Kara. She has this strength that is completely... um, We're not able to understand the kind of strength that she has, really, at all. I mean, think about it. It's true. I mean, that's part of her character. Exactly. That's part of the Supergirl character that we love. We wouldn't want her to break the guy's arm. I mean, maybe in your heart of hearts, you'd love to see a little bit more, uh, you know, him pay for what he did or whatever, or the way he spoke. But Kara is better than we are. That's kind of the... Super mythos. Yeah. Yeah, so it broke his arm. Been like D-bag. Um, yes, you would have, Tyler. I think that reference is also back to the end of the last episode where Carr confronted Morgan Edge and he says what he said about her not having the hate in her or what she would do to her enemies. But then they find Alex. You find out that Alex and Kenny were friends and Kenny was helping tutor Alex with calculus. And they find his laptop and they're trying to decode it, and she makes a reference about Clark's friend, Chloe. Heck yeah. And even references the wall of weird. So that doesn't mean that it's tied to Smallville, the show, like some people are trying to say online. It just means that Chloe exists, <laughs> that story, and that the events happen in Superman's canon. Like... Right. Chloe's part of canon. So I've seen people online like, that means it's connected to Smallville. No, no, that doesn't work because there was Supergirl in Smallville. Go back yeah. and watch the show. Bro. But moving forward. Yeah. Like a speeding bullet. We do find out that the teacher, who's 27, is having relations with his 17-year-old student. I saw that coming. I don't know why, but I saw that coming. It was like he was overly correcting her in the middle of class. You remember that? Yep. Yeah. And you know when they're doing that that they're putting up some kind of cover. And so that's a whole subplot. They think it's him that killed Kenny because of the picture. And, you know, I think Kenny was just trying to do the right thing that it wasn't a right responsible relationship for a 17 year old and then they say a line about oh in five years it won't matter well technically in a year she's 18 and it'll be frowned upon but she will be legal yeah I mean when I met you you were 17 and I was 24 but you definitely don't look it act it no I mean and it didn't matter after I turned well, I mean, after I left high school, it did not matter. I mean, we you didn't would, date until after I left high school, but still. I mean, it, it. no one would have guessed how old you were. Right. You had a sister who was 22 at the time, and everyone would think she's like 12. <laughs> not that young. <laughs> not that young, but <laughs> you would definitely maturity level and just everything and act. You would not guess that Jenny was as young as you is was and always will be I know you always have a young young woman alright moving on yeah this just got awkward no it did so 
The next scene is there's an FBI agent at the Danvers house, and Kara walks and says, Mom. And it's Alora looking, and I called it that it was John Jones in disguise because I remember that he said he told Jeremiah he'd look out for him. And who else would, why else would a random FBI agent show up who looks like her mom? Right. Unless it was Martian Manhunter. Using the code name of what, Jania? What was the agent's code name? Noel Neal. And who is Noel Neal? First Lois Lane. The first Lois Lane. Now, quick trivia. You have Lois Lane from Smallville using the name of the first Lois Lane, who now plays Alora in the same room as the first Supergirl, who now plays Mrs. Danvers, who also played... uh, Lara on Smallville. That's a lot of uh, Superman history for two actresses in one room. Very, very true. And quick, you know, Noel Neal played Lois Lane, okay, in the old Kirk Allen sh- serials. Mm-hmm. Then the second season and on, on The Adventures of Superman with George Reeves, she did not play Lois Lane in the first season. It was Phyllis Coates. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Phyllis Coates later would reappear as Lois Lane's mom on Lois and Clark. Oh, that's really cool. I love how you always have, like, people who did older characters and stuff like that from the Superman, Supergirl realm. The passing of the torch. Whatever you want to call it. And, yeah, basically the passing of the torch where they come back and they play another role. It's really cool. Uh, What do you call it? Um... Terry Hatcher played Lois Lane's mom in Smallville. Yeah. So, and then what else did she do? Well, of course, she played Monel's mom, but right. we won't even get into Monel right now because I still want to punch him in the face. Speaking of Monel, real quick, how cool would this have been? Ready? Ready. <clears throat> Set. Car accidentally, in an episode fighting the cyborg Superman, opens the Phantom Projector and releases Monel from the Phantom Zone. His history with Superman is intact, where he'd already met Superman. He had thought they were brothers, like in the comics. He has the name now Monel. He comes out with the suit on, and he is recovering from his lead poisoning, and he thinks he's cured, like in the comics. And then Kara and him start pairing up. He's still young because you don't age in the Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. And then you could have had a cool reunion episode of him and Clark. And then once he was there, some sort of technology, his parents showed up because they had been searching for him. So we could have kept canon, kept his name that worked, and not had a stupid character named Monel that makes no sense why his name is Monel. Rant over. And we're getting back. <laughs> So basically, Chloe sends all the pictures were decrypted. We find out it was actually the sheriff that killed Kenny. He was I knew it. he was selling drugs from Canada. Peg, peg, pegged it. Uh, and here were some of my favorite lines of the show. Uh, the sheriff apologizes that he's going to shoot young Alex because Alex was thinking that she could tell the sheriff what had happened, and the sheriff says, uh, "You know, no one's going to hear you." And then we cut, and we see Kara just say, screw it, and flies off. And Alex says, she can hear you. She hears everything. She's coming. She's listening right now. And then Kara just busts in from the wall on a piece of 
like fragment like hits the sheriff and takes him out. And then it cuts, and we're back to modern time. They patch it up, and Alex is a mess. You just want to give her a hug, and then you want to take her out back and shoot some chef. She's a warrior woman. What's chef? You know, stuff, stuff, just random, you know, just chef. All right. Look, my throat's dry. I've been talking all day. Let me get a drink here <laughs> from my handy-dandy Man of Steel cup. Hold on. I'm really just on this podcast to pick on you. You know, that's that's really what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much just life. Is <laughs> <laughs> this time we're recording. <laughs> um, the only thing I can say about the ending of this episode, I felt like because it was such a self-contained episode, it could have been really cool if there was some sort of tag at the end of, like... Something we're gonna like a villain or something leading on down the road. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the way it ended. I felt like it ended very abruptly. Um, like I was expecting them. Okay, they got in the car and they're driving down the road, and they're singing. I was like, oh, well, something is gonna like jump out of the woods or like, you know, someone's gonna try and run them off the road. Like back when they, when they were in high school, you know, something like that is gonna happen. Nothing happened, and it just ended. And it's like, it just it. This episode, as much as I liked it, I felt like it took me away from Supergirl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, it just didn't have the feel of Supergirl to me as much. And one thing like, I pointed out to you is I, like, I kind of wondered, do they do this episode to free up the main actresses to give them more time to work on the crossover? Because I'm pretty sure we have an episode coming up and then the crossover. Because the crossover is the week after Thanksgiving. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised it would, at all. It would make it sense. sense, yeah, from a production point of view. Because um, you could have shot those scenes of the girls really quick. And, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not against this episode. But if they were to do something at the end that kind of tied it all back in, it might have helped. But for me, like, it just, it took it away from the the feel that the producers ha- and, you know, director have created for this show. You know, so it was just a different feel. It was. And it made me feel like it was like... Um, it was Cardinal's Best, not Supergirl. Right, right. It was, <laughs> it was like a sub, a sub-series, almost, in a sense. Okay. The beginning of a sub-series. And, and another quick note while I'm thinking about it, does it feel like with these CW shows that their intro monologue anymore is very long, where they're trying to sum up every season's worth of stuff? And, like, it's spoken now so dry. Like, I think about it, I was like, my name is Barry Allen, and I'm the fastest man alive. My mom was murdered, and I must find her killer. I am the Flash. Now it's like, I am Barry Allen. Our world was exposed to some crazy stuff. And now, like, Supergirl is like, they're all, like, really long and dry when they say them. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need you to, like, give me a monologue for all three episodes. No, I mean. Just hit the high points. I was going to say, just tell me who you are, what you're about, and move on. I mean, we'll we'll catch up. We'll figure the rest out later. Yeah. All don't right. Don't be so long-winded. I agree. Anything else? Um, not that I can think of. All right. Well, hit us up online and remember, 
look up in the sky. And remember, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Krypton Report. Report. Pod at gmail.com. If you get a chance to go to iTunes, please leave us a review to help us get better. If you're an Amazon shopper, remember you can go to SouthgateMediaGroup.com. There's a portal login to Amazon, and you shop at zero times regularly. It also helps keep all the podcasts on. It helps keep Southgate running. Remember, we're up in the sky.